Welcome to EJB Talks, Rutgers Blaustein School Experts in Policy, Planning, and Health, where we talk with our faculty and staff experts, as well as students, about how the fields of public policy, urban planning, public health, health administration, and public and urban informatics affect your lives. Welcome to EJB Talks. I'm Stuart Shapiro, the Interim Dean of the Blaustein School, and the purpose of this podcast is to highlight the work of my colleagues uh, in the fields of planning, policy, and health are doing. We're spending this, our eighth season, meeting with our new faculty here at Blaustein, and we have a lot of them. We hired 10 people over the past year in a wide array of fields, as this season will show. Today, leading off the season, we are talking with the new director of our health administration program, Professor Ellen Kurtzman. Welcome to the podcast, Ellen. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for inviting me. Really appreciate it. So I generally like to start these by talking about people's origin story. How you have an interesting background and you, uh, like me, you've moved in different areas over the course of your career. How did you move from policy to nursing and now to health administration? Yeah, it's actually a really interesting story. The order is a little bit different. I went from nursing to policy to health administration. Okay. Um, I started in nursing. I, it was sort of a good fit for me. I, I was in high school and always thought I would end up in the sciences. I wanted an active career, and so nursing seemed like a really nice path for me. But it turned out I was a pretty lousy nurse. I actually yeah. am really uncool. I'm really I was a bad engineer in a prior life. So we have well, that there in you common. go. We have that in common. Yeah, no, I'm really uncoordinated. And <laughs> when I was a very new nurse, this is the true story. I stuck myself with a contaminated needle, oh, and I got dear. a really, really bad case of hepatitis. Oh my and gosh! I, and I was sick for a year. Luckily, I was li- still living at home. I had moved back to my parents' house because I was, you know, hepatitis is like a really bad case of mono. Wow. So you just sleep all the, you know, every day, all day. It took me a year to get healthy. And as I was getting healthy, you know, I thought that was a pretty big sign that maybe nursing wasn't the best fit for me. And so I sort of went about my business trying to figure out what I could do with a health degree, with a clinical degree that wasn't nursing. And I ended up um, doing health education work. But the health education work I ended up doing was for an organization that was trying to communicate to its members in association um, new policies that had gone to an, into effect, new federal and state policies. And so that really translated me from sort of a clinical side to a policy side. And that was really very interesting to me. So I spent about 10 years working in health policy, in and around health policy, spent some time working on Capitol Hill, um, and in the administration, that was really interesting. And then, you know, I decided to pivot. I, w- I had ended up in academia and decided to pivot. And that pivot was to health administration. And that really came about because most policy that affects nursing is hospital policy. It's, admin- it's administrative policy. And so it feels very natural to be in a program where we're teaching students about health management and health administration, because that's the sort of policy that influences nurses and the people who work and occupy the hospital and the other health settings that health administrators work in. So it's really been a pretty natural progressing 
progression except for the hepatitis. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah. I tell people when telling my own story that every step along the way made sense. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, so as you've made this progression, what sort of commonalities have there been in the fields that you've traversed there? Yeah, well, I, you know, my interest, my research interest and my clinical interest really is how to use policy, how to use practice, how to use the people who work in healthcare to get a better product, to get a better healthcare delivery system and a better healthcare experience. And so everything I've done, whether it's in trying to influence policy or whether it's conducting research or whether it was when I was actually at the bedside for the short time I was, it was really to improve the experience in the delivery system. So that I think that's the common thread through all of it. So that, that does lead naturally into, into my next question. Um, just this morning, I was having to explain to someone what health administration was um, and why Blaustein does it. Um, and so let me get your impression after six months here. What is the field of health administration and how do we teach people to be um, health administrators? Yeah, so to me, health administration is really the intersection of healthcare delivery and business. So it's really the aspects, the management and administrative aspects that govern our healthcare system and the delivery system in which healthcare is delivered. And we teach um, health administration just like we would teach healthcare management. It's, you know, it's a management degree in a healthcare setting. So it's, it's business, it's financial aspects of health administration and healthcare delivery. Um, it's about the accounting. It's about the, the marketing. It's about the human resources. Those are all aspects of, of health administration. So what is different about teaching someone health administration than sort of a typical business administration? I mean, what do they have to learn that they wouldn't learn in an MBA program? Yeah, well, the, I mean, the, first of all, the product is different and the product is a people oriented product. You know, you're taking care of patients. So patient experience becomes a really important factor in the delivery system. And so all of the aspects that have to do with improving that experience, whether it's a financial experience for a patient or whether it's improving the quality of care, which is a big focus of our program, whether it's making the, the system more efficient so that overall the, the system is saving money or at least not costing anymore. Um, it's about the, the supply chain, all within a healthcare setting. Uh, and all, you know, people are not a laboratory, so people change the, the product and the output considerably. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I want to make sure uh, we talk about your research. I want to do this with all of our new faculty because it's such a wide array, as I said, of different areas of research, and it's really going to broaden sort of the kinds of things that the Blasting School does. Um, so you've been working on marijuana legalization. Um, which is a hot issue here in New Jersey, as well as other places around the country. Uh, tell us about what brought you to that as a topic area. Yeah, so that's, you know, I think that's an interesting story. And then I was working in the administration. I was working for the former Surgeon General, Jerome Adams. That was a big, you know, sort of uh, substance use was a big part of his platform. He had uh, 
you know, some personal experiences in his family with substance use and substance abuse. And so was really committed to bringing the nation along in terms of their understanding of substance use and substance disorders. And so marijuana use became part of his platform in that he was trying to warn the American public, mostly pregnant women and young adults, about the use of marijuana. Because in the developing brain, there is some evidence that it's it, it can cause some harm. So his platform was really communicating to the American public about the hazards of marijuana use among pregnant uh, women and young children and adolescents. And I became really fascinated with what was happening across the country where we have this sort of patchwork of states, some which are legalizing for medical use, some which are legalizing for recreational use. And of course that creates an experiment in and of itself, that laboratory of what happens when a state goes from a, 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 you know in, in illegal status to a legal status. And so I became really interested in how that legalization, whether it was for medical use or for recreational use, affects the healthcare delivery system and the people who are seeking healthcare in that system. And so the, for the last few years, a lot of my work has focused on what happens in states that legalize and what it means to our healthcare delivery system. Right now, I'm working on a study that looks at marijuana use disorder prevalence in emergency departments after the legalization of marijuana for recreational use. And you would expect that marijuana use would go up, and so marijuana use disorder would, would increase. And that's the hypothesis we're, we're you know, looking at, whether or not in states that legalize, there's more marijuana use and more, more marijuana use disorder. And what is marijuana use disorder? I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> marijuana, marijuana use disorder is when a person who's using marijuana can't stop using despite it affecting their health or social, you know, circumstances. I see. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, one of the great pleasures of doing research in the United States is we often in 50 states have different, uh, different conditions and allow us as researchers to have, take advantage of those natural experiments that occur when different, uh, different conditions and different policies hold. So that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, what do you, you know, you talked about your hypotheses, you know, if you had to guess where this work was going to go, what you were going to find, um, and what the implications for policy and for health administration were, um, what would you guess? So, you know, I would guess that we'll see increase, an increased prevalence of marijuana use disorder in states that have legalized. And I think what that suggests on the policy side is they may want to include policies when they're legalizing to make sure that certain populations have warnings or there might be other um, elements of the policy that deter people who are likely to be substance use disorder patients from you know, access to it. On a management side, I think what it tells us is that Patients in the ED, in the emergency department, may need to be managed quite differently mm. if we, they're known marijuana users or if we know that they're um, suffering from marijuana use disorder. So if you were advising the state uh, about legalization, would you advise against it? Would you advise doing it carefully in the manner you described? Yeah, you know, I think states are, are going there. You know, I think right. that the tide is turning and it's just sort of happening. Um, 
And so what I would say is careful consideration of the implications for high-risk populations, pregnant women, young children, teenagers, people who are prone to substance use disorders. Um, you know, for those populations, I think the states have to be really careful about um, warnings, uh, providing education, making sure patients understand the implications of, you know, use disorder. Um, so I think states are going to do it, and it's just how carefully they're going to they're going to proceed. Right. I mean, hopefully there are lessons, both good and bad, from tobacco and alcohol out there in terms of what we should and shouldn't do as as we That's move right. into marijuana. I mean, I think what's really interesting with marijuana is you know potency has changed so tremendously over the past few decades, mm -hmm. and unlike other substances, it, there's no way to quant sort of quantify how much uh, of a dose somebody is getting. Mm -hmm. um, and so it becomes really, it's hard to regulate something that you can't quantify in, in the same way. Yeah, no, that's right. Not the pack, not the bottle, not those kind of things right. that we have with uh, with cigarettes and alcohol and, and such. That's right. There. Um, okay, that's, that's fascinating work. Um, before we let you go, though, I do know that the Health Administration Program has some, uh, some events this, this year, uh, this semester, and wanted to give you the chance. You're leading off, so you get the most lead time in, in advertising them. Well, what do you got going on this semester? Oh, that's great. Yeah, so in April, we have a, a fun-filled and packed April. We'll be holding a symposium. That symposium sort of unites the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare delivery system. We're going to look at how um, uh, pharmaceutical industry and uh, hospitals and health systems work together on innovation and drug discovery. And then the, we'll be holding an event about the Cullen case. And if you remember, um, there was a nurse many years ago um, who actually murdered some of his patients. Um, and so we're going to take a look at that case, what lessons learned for the healthcare delivery system and health administrators. I mean, how we can prevent those kinds of events from happening ever again. Um, and I think there are some real lessons for health managers, and health administrators, and how to detect those kinds of problems and prevent them from happening. So those are the events we're having. It's going to be a fun-filled, packed April. As, uh, as interim dean, I cannot tell you how happy I am that you said we're telling people how to prevent those types of events rather than how to perpetrate them. Um, so, uh, um, so thank you very much for coming on, Ellen. It's been a great sure. conversation. Oh, same here, Stuart. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, a big thank you, in addition to Ellen, to our production team, Amy Cobb and Karen Olson. We'll see you next week with another talk from another expert at, from the Blaustein School. Until then, stay safe.